0: Welcome to the Coffee with Creators podcast, a casual conversation with creators about life and experiences. I'm your friend and your host, Michael. I'm welcoming back a friendly face to the podcast and his name is Jordan Pulmano. Jordan is a freelance videographer and content creator who I met about two years ago at the beginning of the pandemic. At that time, events and concerts have completely shut down, which forced Jordan to think a bit outside of the box. Let's see how Jordan is doing and if things are starting to change for the better in his industry.
1: It's time for um, me to invest a little bit. Dude, you've been busy. You've been busy, though. I've been crazy busy. I, not, not, like, since Christmas. Christmas was the cutoff to where I, like, was like, no more. Let me, <laughs> let me chill for a little bit. But yeah, yeah. things are starting to ramp up. So how much travel did you do last year? Last year I did quite a bit. Um, I mean, it'll never be as much as, like, in 2018. When mm-hmm. I was like, it was like thirty-two countries in a year, craziness. Yeah. Um, but it was the most that I have since the pandemic, for sure. Like I, and it was it was different work. It wasn't so much music work. It was um, I've been working on this documentary since like July, and so we went to a couple places. We went to like Puerto Rico, and then um, all over just the U.S. So a lot of domestic stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely ramping up. It was the
0: closest. I've traveled that much in a while. So it was kind of nice. So documentary, that's definitely not your usual. Uh, no. How did it feel though? Like, did it feel good? Oh, to, it was awesome. To kinda, it was, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because like I, I started as like an assistant editor on the project uh, with a really good friend that I've worked with for years. Um, and then things just aligned in a way to where I started shooting more and more of it and then became the cinematographer of it. So I was editing plus the cinematographer for the project and so it was a blast we got to go all over the place and film stuff and always working with your friends is always like the best part of this industry like whenever you build this like core friendship with people who you can work with so you have like that friendship but also professional relationship with is always nice Mm -hmm. so um yeah it was a blast it definitely took up pretty much six months of my year for sure i was living in la from like july until november coming home on weekends (laughs) How does is, how does crazy. finding
0: a place to uh to rent work out for something like that? I just I rent like
1: I have a place in Pasadena um mm-hmm. that I just kind of like rent that room when I'm going to be there for an extended amount of time. It's my best friend um and then earlier in that year too it worked out that my buddy who was also on the project was uh moving to his hometown. Mm-hmm. um for a little bit so he wasn't at his house and so i just rented his room for a couple months so i've, I've okay. found like not not actually living in la but living like three hours north of la mm-hmm. i've figured out like a good system to where i can be down there whenever i want and have a place um and i just like rent very yeah. cheap rent yeah, but yeah. just kind of like throw money at them <laughs> if i'm gonna be imposing for more than like a couple days so it works that's out. awesome it seems yeah. like
0: the re- reoccurring theme here is the fact that you are managing relationships it seems like it right if you think about it like Mm -hmm. to further your career you have to have like these relationships that you kind of manage like whether they're personal friends or friends at work i feel like that's that's a a life skill that you definitely just eventually learn it's definitely not taught in school you know what i mean like no one teaches you that but because like you're telling me the story and i know i mean we've had you on the podcast you were one of the first guests by the way i remember correctly yeah that's awesome so it's good to have you back yeah Um, i'm excited to be here yeah it's it's nice to catch up um i know you kind of um ducked out a little bit from social because you were so busy and i figured that you were just traveling but now that you brought up that that whole topic of being in and out of la and in different locations i had really started to wonder like how does he figure out a place (laughs) to stay because i have family who is struggling to find a place and their intention is to just stay in one spot you know what i mean but yeah. for someone like you I'm like how, do, how how does it work but yeah i mean i think the keyword word there that you mentioned um very important i think for people to understand is uh you really have to manage your relationships in yeah. a way that you have to build them so that you can be trustworthy and also they can be trustworthy to you and then it i think it benefits everyone in the law it way. does
1: and it's like i had to really ramp it up too when i when i left la to move back to fresno mm-hmm. that was like one of the most important things was making sure i maintain re- I, I wasn't worried about like my friends because like obviously we're going to be friends no matter what but like business relationships not living in la it's really easy to just stray away and for a while there was a lot of like oh if you lived in la i'd have more work for you but i always tell them like if you need me in la just let me know i can drive in three hours and yeah. be in la And, um, so I really had to ramp up, like keeping those relationships intact and kind of figuring out how can I kind of show that I'm in LA without being in LA. And -hmm. that was always like kind of the goal when I moved there was like, how can I essentially to people think that so that people think that I live in LA, but I can like live wherever I think it it got easier with the pandemic, of course, but yeah i think I'm gonna i get my cat out of here real quick sorry oh, that's okay
0: <laughs> by the way how's um how's married life It's great man yeah congratulations yeah, going
1: on thank you going on a, a year and
0: i guess three months now what october. so fast yeah october I like of I, 2020 i feel like i just saw you post that you got married and i'm like oh that's awesome it's almost yeah, well, a year unfortunately oh, oh. that that
1: was because of my uh my lack of social media. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I should probably post something of my wife. So <laughs> that was my bad we there.
0: We haven't seen Jordan forever. I, like the last time I saw Jordan was him and his cat and then now he's married and I'm like, well, that's awesome. Yeah. But um, I think what you were trying to uh, explain uh, earlier on, I, I, I kind of understand that. And this, this goes back to like a little story or a little memory in, uh, of mine when I used to work at this, um, what do you call this, uh, a nonprofit uh, job and I remember one of the bosses there requested something for me. And I I ran out of my office to, to go grab whatever it is. And then I did the rest of the work. And then he asked me for something. Oh, someone else asked me for something else. And I basically just was doing that. I was shuffling between different departments and stuff. And then one of the other bosses came back and he goes, Oh, Michael, did you get to do this? And I said, Oh yeah, I did that. And he was like, he kind of stopped and he's like, Oh, that's that's pretty cool. And then uh, he asked me what time I got in. And I said, oh, I got in at, I think I was like 6.45 in the morning and work usually starts at seven. And he's like, and I was new at this place, by the way. He goes, that's very good. Um, I think I will call you from this point on, I will call you Dependable Michael. And I'm like, okay. And I was younger then. Uh, Didn't really mean anything to me. But that word, dependable, made such an impact to me that I realized that when people describe you as dependable, they want to work with you. And right. I think that's what you were trying to establish there, like without really knowing what it is exactly. But you wanted people to know that you are av- available to them if they need you, right? Exactly. And they can depend on you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just thought that was, I wanted to point that out because that's a very another very important, um, I guess, trait to develop in 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 our
1: professional lives. Yeah. It's so important and especially in this industry. And like, I found that because I work in, you know, I work in the commercial film industry, but I also work in the music industry that are totally different from each other, as far as like you handle not only the workload, but like just the professional points in them, like in themselves. So managing these relationships and then managing the relationships in the other industry are completely different, but you have to know how to handle them and you have to be dependable in both of them that's like the only similarity i would say is like you have to be dependable and yeah you have to be good at what you do but it's more so about showing up being a dependable work person it's you have to be easy to work with right Um, right people shouldn't have to question if you got things done they should just know you he's he's gonna do it like if you can Show that to people in the industry. That's how you have a, a long career. At least from what I've heard from other friends who have been in the industry even longer than I
0: have. Mm-hmm. And so I've really just like tried to make that a priority over everything else. So let me ask you one thing that I struggle with personally, and that's um, it's managing expectations. Be- you know, for for either for myself or for for the people that I work with. So I tend to uh, overextend myself a lot. As a matter of fact, you know, quick story. I actually uh, um, had a really bad panic attack this morning. Oh like my god! Really bad. Yeah. So I'm my my. I'm not like uh, if you if anyone's watching this, um, I'm not my usual self. Like it. I I have tea instead of coffee, and it's just like I'm just trying to relax. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up, actually, I almost canceled <laughs> today's oh my podcast. Gosh. Yeah, because I just wasn't feeling, it was odd. Like, I was so excited. You emailed me last night, or you sent me a message last night uh, asking about today. I said, yeah, yeah, we're on. And this morning I got up, uh, and then I just came back from, I I just got, I just recovered basically from an illness, and I'm feeling okay. Like, I'm feeling better than I've ever felt in a long time. But I think this morning when I woke up, um, I realized that I have a lot of stuff that I needed to catch up on. So I got up at like 5.30 in the morning, got my usual stuff done, and I was about to eat breakfast and my kids were, you know, doing the usual stuff. And I found myself like sitting on the table, just like with my hands on my my face like this. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And my wife goes, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I just, I can't seem to process everything. And so that feeling, I don't know if you've had a panic attack before. I've had like maybe a handful in the last... 15 years like maybe three at mm-hmm. most um but this one was uh so maybe I just forgot how it felt felt like but I felt like I was floating it was so weird like I felt like I was floating I felt like it was like almost an out-of-body experience and I wanted to be it, it just didn't feel like I was in reality anymore and so I kind of panicked and I said I feel like I'm gonna pass out and I sat down on the couch Called my brother because my brother experiences; um, he's had experience in this sort of stuff, and so he's my go-to person when I start feeling anxious and you know what, whatnot. And so he tells me that, okay, first of all, you know everything's fine; the world is turning. Your kids are okay. Your wife's fine. You are fine. Um, you just have to realize that this is just a feeling; it'll it'll pass. So he kind of talked me through it, and until I started to feel better. But then after that, so I spent like the entire morning prior to this, uh, this recording, basically just kind of relaxing and trying to understand what triggered it. So going back to what I mentioned earlier, I think it has a lot to do with managing expectations. So after I got better, I wanted to catch up on my email and my work and everything. And in my head, I felt like I could my expectations, uh, I guess, of myself, were that um, I can catch up like easily. I can take all the photos that I need to take photos of. I can write the script and take all the video, but the problem is at that point, I realized that I can't, and I kind of just like panicked anything that triggered yeah. it and it' just snowballed so I know that's a long explanation, but <laughs> going back to my question to you, how do you manage yourself like your expectations to your towards your your clients your work when when they ask you for something obviously you want to we always want to go above and beyond um, right. Do you, are you completely honest with yourself and just say, okay, I can't do that? Or do you just say, do you just keep saying yes? Because I find myself, I'm at fault at this, that I always say yes, not because I can't. When I say yes to projects, knowing I know I can do them, the problem is I give myself very, very little um, breathing room for myself. Yeah. So I yeah. Um, no, that's,
1: just, yeah. That's totally normal. And like, I- i've done that my entire career like really and it's one thing that i've I've also tried to manage myself so that i can manage those things a little better Mm -hmm. but it's tough whenever you get into this flow of like the work's coming in you don't want to say no to the work and so you just say i'm going to say yes and i'm going to figure it out i'll figure out how i'm going to get this done and um i have a, a really hard time with saying no and if a client is requesting something within reason, um, yeah. I'll just say yes and figure out how I'm gonna get it done. And I love that though. <laughs> I, yeah, and I've yeah. had that same issue. And I think a lot of people in in this space deal with that. It's totally normal. It's not um, it's not anything crazy because like, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform at a certain level because yeah. we wanna grow in our careers and we want to do something that's going to lead to the next opportunity and a bigger opportunity. And so I definitely find myself in that same position. And towards the end of this year or last year, um, I was on the brink of a panic attack. I don't, Mm. I wouldn't say I like fully collapsed into one because I've never really had like a full mental breakdown, but I definitely was treading this like thin line for about two months And there was one one evening when uh, I was home and I was only home for like two days. um, And then I was down in L.A. the rest of that time. And there were a couple of weekends where I was just like taking jobs on weekends. So um, I told my wife, like, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. for a while. So I'm up in L.A. or I'm up home in Fresno. And uh, it's the time where I should have been like turned. I should have turned everything off. I should have just hung out with my wife and like kind of decompressed a little bit. And I, I wasn't. I was working. And I was just so frazzled and like, I was talking to her about nothing related to work. And I was just like, so high strung. And I just told her, I was like, I am like on the edge of a, like, I don't know how I'm gonna maintain all of this stuff that I'm doing right now. And that was kind of the point where I realized like, all right, I need to step back. It doesn't yeah. matter how much money I'm making or the, how big these jobs are that I'm getting. Like I'm about to explode and then what's it all for? It's for nothing. Right. Because, like, if I don't want to do all this next year because I'm so burnt out, like, what's the point? So that was that was the time where I, like, realized, okay, I need to step back for a little bit and just kind of recoup. I don't Mm -hmm. need to pull everything off the table, but I at least need to, like, I need to slow down a little bit. And I think a lot of us. Yeah, a lot of us get into that into that flow of work, especially last year coming out of the pandemic. Like for the video industry in particular, like I've never seen anyone as busy as they were this past year. Like I was insanely busy. My friend, everyone that I knew was just insanely busy. And everyone had that same story of like, I can't even breathe because I'm so overloaded with work, but it's amazing. And so I think a lot of people probably went through that last
0: year for sure. That's a little comforting to me, oddly enough, (laughs) because it makes me feel like I'm going through a normal thing, right? And I think it is a normal thing. I hear a lot of stories about it. I hear a lot of people Go through the same experience but it's different when i hear it from um, people like you for example you i consider you my friend and it's like i relate to you the stuff that you do i mean we met way way before i mean about two years ago right yeah so that was the beginning of the pandemic so you know what i mean to hear it from you makes me feel like okay this is it really is happening and i'm not alone especially when you said that uh you were feeling it for like around two months and that's I think that's an interesting thing because this feeling for people who have not felt this uh, if you're wondering how how does it happen does it just all of a sudden like with a with a snap of a finger it happens not really you feel it like it's it, it builds up to it. The problem is for people like me who like to work, I just bury it underneath and pretend yeah. that it's not there And so at the end of the day when the walls break down, it just starts flooding in and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So, yeah, So it comes on like
1: it comes on like anything else where you don't realize it until it's an issue, whether it's like credit card debt. You don't realize you're in debt until after you're in debt because it's a slow climb. You know, that's the same feeling, at least in my experience I've had with this. It's like Mm -hmm. it's manageable until it's not manageable. And then by the time it's not manageable, you're like, oh, crap. Like, right when did too. I get to this point point? <laughs> yeah, and how do I get back to where I was before? So it's hard to really like see that and take your mental health into consideration when you're so busy because you just think you're fine until you're not. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you followed um, it's kind of like a very niche thing, but it was pretty popular online. But the um, the film unions in L.A. were fighting for. Um, for eight hour days. So the typical film day, 12 hour, 14 hour days, everyone Mm -hmm. was overworked, uh, underpaid and they were over it. And so a lot of these stories were coming out of just people who were like, so mentally drained working in the industry. And so they protested and were fighting for like eight hour days, weekends off, like trying to set a new standard for the industry. And it was because of that same thing. Everyone just gets into this flow of working and you get so overworked to a point. Where it's just nonstop, and you're like, you never see that like light at the end of the tunnel. It's just going to yeah. keep going unless you pull back.
0: It's so interesting nowadays that we we, well, okay. Let me just say it this say say it like this. I had two guests prior to, to you uh, that I've recorded this podcast, and we both of those guests kind of unintentionally touched on this this whole topic of being overworked. And one of them I used to work with before in a production setting so it's uh, we we did the uh, visual effects for movies um, post-production so we would work like 12 16 hour days and as a young you know a young person that was awesome you're like I'm making so much money you know what I mean yeah. and then I asked him so I lasted in that industry industry for about a year um, he stayed I think for the next two or three years. And then I asked him, "So, what made you leave? What, what, what was the uh, the turning point for you?" He said that after working so many hours every day, six or seven days a week, even, um, he said, "I had a lot of money, but I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything." So he's like, "What was the point?" And and you know what I mean? It's so interesting um, to to look back, and you're like, exactly. Like, what is the point? So I think. I think when you're young and you're new and you're just really excited, it's so easy to get lost in all that 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 shuffle, Um, especially when you're trying to build something for yourself. Right. Like a name for yourself. But then you really I I guess I just can't stress how important it is to manage it in a way that you you at least have to be very aware of what you're doing and what the purpose, you know, is what is the overall goal, because otherwise you're just you're like on a treadmill just yeah. keep on going and going and going until you're you're done, right? And then right. okay, what was the goal? <laughs> but yeah, that was really interesting and I think uh I think it's good that we're talking about this just because Absolutely. it's uh Yeah, it's 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 something that I don't know. Um people don't talk about. People talk about, but I I feel like a lot of people also um make such a big thing in a way that it almost doesn't feel genuine anymore, but it's like hearing from a fellow creator like you like this, this, the struggle, it's more relatable to me. And so that's kind of like what I wanted to do with, with this new season of Coffee Creators. So like you and I, Jordan, um, we're just having a real normal conversation back, back then it was a casual conversation, but it was almost a little bit more prepared, but I want to bring in more stuff like this, like the real conversation. So I appreciate you opening up to me like that. Um, yeah, I'm not alone. So I feel a lot better now. Yeah, no,
1: (laughs) no one's ever alone in this. It's great. Like It's so relatable on so many different levels.
0: So how's the um, how has the industry changed in your eyes since the pandemic? Like, I know things slowed down dramatically. Right. And then now it's starting to pick up again. Have there have there are there any real big changes in in terms of like, I guess, anything other than it's starting to pick up again? Because in my head, like in the industry that you work in, I feel like everything just slowed down and it's picking back up again, but it's kind of going towards the same uh, direction, same practices, same everything. Has everything, or does it feel like a kind of like a, a clean slate for you? Or is it pretty much the same yeah. thing? It feels uh, like a yes. clean slate. So
1: aside from like, I've never had more cotton swabs up my nose for COVID tests for work <laughs> before. Yeah. Um, I, For me personally, like just in my path that I took, after the pandemic mm-hmm. uh things shifted a lot because i'll, I'll start here it's gonna be kind of long-winded but when the pandemic hit i was doing like 80 percent music that was like touring and all that that was like my workload and then the the more commercial production stuff was like here and there so when all that stuff dropped i wasn't working at all i was like what am i gonna do like this is, this is where I got to figure out what the next move is. And so that's when I decided, like, I'm going to take things into my own hands. I'm going to build up the production company that I've been talking about for years and years, but I haven't been able to. And I'm going to get to a point to where, like, the work is coming in from me and I'm not relying on it from someone else. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I shifted more into the production world. And so um, what that turned into was a lot of... Um, a lot of like e-commerce and online type of stuff. So I noticed like a lot of the jobs that were coming in were people who were shifting their their tactics to online. So like all of these brands were like pushing out Facebook ads like crazy, and so I'm doing all these shoots that are like just for Facebook and Instagram ads. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of people, a lot of their work was kind of shifting into that as well. Um, and then there as far as the industry, then. Yeah, there's a, a change, change yeah. for sure. And, like, as far as just on set in a more traditional sense, there's not – the the only change is, like, COVID protocols that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, you're getting tested, you have to wear a mask on set, like, stuff like that. That's more of, like, the physical on set stuff. But as far as the industry as a whole and, like, my workload, I've noticed a lot of it has shifted a lot more online. And then as far as music, the music side of it, now that we're finally picking that back up – yeah. Um, It's the same thing. It's like, everyone's just excited to be back. Uh, Shows are going on like crazy, but there's now this level of like, there's a level added level of pressure because if someone gets sick on a tour, you have to cancel that, that show and the remaining shows. And so you're thinking about things differently because you're like, I got to make sure I don't get sick or else <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ruin it for me and everyone else. Every and so, yeah. so like there's an added level of, I guess, pressure to the touring, mm-hmm. the touring side that I was doing. Uh, but yeah, I, I think everything is different, some good, some bad, but like everyone's just trying to get back into it and figure out what is going to be the new normal going forward. And I think we're finally at a point where we're figuring
0: that out. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting you said that because it's like, those are the things we kind of took for granted, right? Like um, uh, the the closest that I can relate to that is I, I attended CES the first time right before the pandemic, and I was the sick one. I, I had like a cold, and I, I remember I almost didn't go, but it was my first time, and I'm like, I want to go. I want to experience it. It's the biggest convention, uh, electronics convention in the world. I got there. I was sick. I was <laughs> shaking hands with people. It was you know what I mean? It was, it was just like – A normal thing, like if you have a cold, you're someone in front of someone in your workplace who has a cold, you kind of stay away from them, right? But they're there. You don't care. You don't really mind that much. But now it's so, in a way, it's cool that people are very mindful to not get other other people sick. Like I've seen it um, when I went to CES. Obviously, there are strict protocols because they don't want to shut down the event. But I think. The interesting thing that happened after the pandemic is the fact that people are much more. Again, I'm going back to the same word, mindful, of the things that they do. They're yeah. they're. I miss I miss the genuine. You know, let's just approach each other and just say hi, be a normal person. Um, but like you said, this is the new normal, at least for now. And we're, you know, I have to say we are getting better compared to like two years ago, where it was yeah. just like it just just looked terrible chaos now it's just chaos but uh, when i attended ces people were very respectful they were very uh they kept to their their space unless they they know you feel comfortable being approached or you approaching them um Mm. it was cool because oddly enough you know it was a it was the biggest electronics event in las vegas and a lot of people didn't go because they were afraid that people will get sick that people will come home and everyone's going to get sick right didn't seem to be the case at all i mean it was still a lot of people and I came home, I was fine. Like nothing, yeah, yeah nothing. It was it was kind of cool. So in your industry especially, like, man, I can't even imagine the pressure that you're talking about. Because we are talking about performances, like live performances.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. So I was a part of like the first music festival back in North America since the pandemic. Like the first real music festival. And everything leading up to it was like everyone was just on their A-game like, there were just eyes on everyone, yeah, because everyone wanted it to fail, and they thought, oh, it's gonna be a super spreader event and all this stuff. And it was in Texas where like things were open, things were uh, a lot more relaxed in that regard, mm-hmm. um, and it was around the time when like vaccine rollouts were really starting to go and like case numbers were plummeting, and so it was a good time to throw it. But still, everyone was just like. This is going to be like, this is going to be bad or it's going to be really good. And thankfully it was really good. Like case numbers dropped after ended up being like an incredibly successful event. But I just remember like the stress from everyone, not so much me because I didn't really have a dog in the fight. I was just coming there to film, Mm -hmm. but just I'm friends with everyone who runs the festivals and the production team and all that. And you could just see like the stress on their face of like, if this goes bad, like this is on us. So it you could see like how different it was for them throwing that festival versus festivals in the past where they're just like this has to go well or this is not going to be good and luckily it went well and then all the festivals after that they were back to their normal selves of like we do this because we love it but yeah it's it's crazy that that added level of stress yeah in in events because it's like it's something you didn't think about a couple years ago it's like no not at all yeah you never thought like oh I'm gonna throw something where a bunch of people are gonna get sick at. So it's like that, that change that I think people are, (laughs) people will never really get used to that. I don't don't know. It's just so. so
0: weird. Let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll be talking about how our behaviors have changed over the years and what Jordan looks forward to in his YouTube journey. Stick around. Working from home definitely has its perks. One of them being is that I don't have to sit in a lifeless, boring cubicle. I know for a fact that a little inspiration can really liven up my workday, so I've become intentional with the things I surround myself with. But inspiring doesn't have to only mean nice to look at, because they can be functional as well. So I'm urging you to check out Grovemade's beautiful collection of desk accessories. From their precision machined aluminum pens to their beautifully crafted laptop docks, you can find something that will organize your desk and inspire your work. I personally have a handful of their products in my office, and I really love them. The design and craftsmanship make each piece feel special, and that's because Grovemade wants you to build your dream workspace so you can get your best work done. Visit grovemade.com and save 10% on your first purchase by using the promo code MICHAEL10 at checkout. That's michael A E L one zero to save 10% on your first purchase. So what are you doing right now? Are you, are you on a little a little break? Are you, actually you said that you're flying out today. <laughs> yeah, so I was on a break. I basically um
1: I did so now with music I'm basically doing like the gigs that I want to do. I'm not uh-huh. relying on like touring, so if there's a tour that I get an offer for, and I'm like this sounds awesome. I'll take it. So I did a 2 weeks of a bus tour leading up to Christmas, flew home right before Christmas and then took a break. So I've been off like besides a couple of shoots in LA, I've been off from like end of December through all of January. Um, and usually this is like the slow time anyways, like January, February things aren't really kicking in yet. Yeah. But, uh, today I fly out to Las Vegas and I start the second leg of that same tour. So I'll be on the bus for two weeks and then, um, then I'll be home after that. And I'm sure by that point, it'll be like the end of February. So, that's usually when things are gonna start like rolling and getting crazy. Yeah. Um and then so we won't it, see you
0: again for a year.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I'm hoping, I'm definitely making a, a point this year to focus back on social media just cause like, it's so, like that's what I wanted to do last year. Mm-hmm. That was like, the goal was, like, I'm going to build the YouTube channel and I'm gonna post all the time and like grow, the, grow everything. And then I ended up uh, posting like a couple times maybe like once or twice a month if that on Instagram. I think I posted like four videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and that was it. And yeah. um, so I was like, well, that was kind of a wash. So this year <laughs> I'm trying to like get back to it and like yeah. really push that stuff. Um, but besides that, like I'm just doing just the typical commercial work. My my cycle of work is like I get a call for a job in LA. I'll go down there, shoot, come home, get a job somewhere else, go do that. And then while I'm here, I'm just editing. So. I'm just trying to continue growing the production company. Yeah, um, I'll do some music stuff here and there. You know, we have a couple music festivals coming up throughout the years that I'll do. And then a couple tours here and there. Um, and then I would like to, for the most part, pull back some of the workload that I was doing before so that I can delegate it to like shooting YouTube videos and like putting content out online yeah. and try to grow that a little more than I was
0: able to last year. Mm-hmm. So if you had like a... If you had, do you have like an, I'm, I'm sure you do, but I want to understand like what is a, or I want to know if you have one, a definite like overall goal. Like what is a dream goal for you? Like do you want to own your own production company and basically um, people or, or groups or agencies would approach you and ask? Yeah. I, so I have like two, two goals. I, I always tell people I
1: have like the kind of fluffed pipe dream goal. And then I have like the goal that is kind of like here now and I just want to continue growing it. Mm-hmm. So like the, I guess more realistic goal or more immediate goal would be just to continue uh, growing the production company, taking on more commercial work um, and getting that to a point where I'm doing commercial, like national brand commercials that are like a couple hundred thousand dollar budget type of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, like the stuff that you see on TV. So that's kind of like the goal there. And so, um, I'd like to build that up and then more of the pipe dream goal that I'm trying to work. Th- that would be like the ideal thing is uh-huh. the YouTube channel works out and I could just drop all of that and just make YouTube videos at home. That, that would, would be, be awesome. Cool. Like just make cool, videos yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Um, that would like, everyone wants to do that. Right. Like that's right. why we all do this stuff. Like we would love to just do YouTube full time. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of like, if it works out, that would be amazing. I'm going to kind of like, put effort into that while I'm trying to grow this thing. And if it works out, that'd be amazing. Um, But if not, it's still just a fun thing that
0: I get to do. I don't see how both of them won't. I don't see how it's not possible for both of them to work out. You know what I mean? Like you could be growing that, uh, that production company the same time you're growing your YouTube channel. I honestly don't think there's a reason for, for, for anyone to believe that that's not going to happen. So I'm excited for you because I think it's, it's very important to, To also um, point out that having those goals, that's probably one of the most important steps, I think, because a lot of people, myself included, sometimes I just go through the motions. You know what I mean? And if you're not being intentional with the stuff that you're doing, then it's for nothing. But if you have a goal, like no matter how vague it is right now or how it seems like it's such an impossible thing, that's okay. As long as you have a goal,
1: right? Right, yeah. As long as you have that, that one, why that's pushing you to grow and grow, like, you know, and I'm sure you get this and everyone else who are creators feel this way of like, you never feel like you're doing enough. You always want to be like getting to that next level. Yeah. yeah. So like it just pushes you to keep growing and try to
0: level up from there. And you kind of like set that bar and you want to always raise it. Right. Exactly. So you mentioned, um, commercial work. I don't know if I should mention this, but I saw you shared something that was really interesting that I saw someone on on a post that you i think it was a story post uh a celebrity in a did that you did you work with this celebrity uh i've worked or with in, a, co- in a set i
1: yeah was it a post that i did or was it like someone it else's your, post no it was a post that you did so I'm okay excited, yeah it was it was probably the my like end of the year post i posted like a couple screenshots of some of like yes. my favorite projects throughout the that year was it yeah, yeah. um that so that that actually wasn't a commercial. That was a like an online thing. Um, oh, I, I'm guessing okay. You're talking about the Zoe de Chanel thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that was cool. that was for that was for cricket, like the crafting company, and oh, they were okay. doing like YouTube videos. Uh, we we're we we're doing like Valentine's Day videos and Mother's Day videos, mm-hmm. and so she's like uh um like endorsed by them or something. She works closely with the company, at least from what I got from it. So we were just filming here, like, making crafts and stuff and making, like, some promotional videos for it. Um, and it's for uh, yeah, it's for online. Yeah, so that was, like, just okay. a web thing. Okay. So okay. that kind of goes back to what I was talking about, like, I know. so much actually, stuff is pushing to web.
0: That's what I actually wanted – why I wanted to bring that up because I feel like um, – so I'm on TikTok. Uh, I don't create content a lot there, but I, I use it way too much, actually, because <laughs> yeah, it's same. fun. It's fun yeah, to just watch, right? It's such a yeah. – a time killer, but um, it's so interesting to find the, so I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to, to understand why it's so popular and why people, even myself included, why I like it so much. And I have noticed that there are a bunch of celebrities in there, Yeah. but the problem is it just seems like they don't seem to get as men, as much traction as the regular people. And I'm the only thing that I could really think of is the celebrities tend to create their content in such a high production level that it doesn't feel there's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. But for people, they're using just their phones, no lighting, just whatever the mess is in the background, just makes it much more relatable. So I'm starting to wonder are the celebrities realizing this? Like maybe what all they have to do is just literally turn on their phones, their cameras and just talk to the phone instead yeah. of making such a high production value or, you know, over over the content. I really just noticed that. I just thought it was really interesting. And I feel like when you mentioned earlier that everything's shifting online, I'm now wondering if one day <laughs> all the commercials we're going to see are just people on their phones. You
1: know yeah, what I mean? Just like looking cool. at their phones, That's right? That's already it's- like... I've noticed I'm doing more and more, not everything, thank goodness, because it ca- it still kills my soul a little bit, but I'm doing more and more vertical shoots. Like, <laughs> you, you ask them, hey, are we cutting this vertically or horizontal? And they're like, well, let's do it horizontal, but, like, just frame it in mind for vertical, which stinks for a cinematographer because yeah. that just means you got to, like, frame Everything's everything in center. the center. Center, uh, uh, enough <laughs> Space so that they can crop in if they want to. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, but yeah. I get it. I get that it works well. It performs well. And now, like on set too, you always see like uh, whoever, like the so- social media person or like the brand uh, person on set, they're always like, "Hey, uh, take the phone. We're gonna do some like Instagram and like TikTok things." And so, in between the shoot, with the same setup we have, um, they're doing like a TikTok version of it so they can post those ads. And more than likely, that stuff's gonna engage so much better than like. This thirty thousand dollars that they're spending for this commercial, right? Like they're like, oh, here's the phone, and that's probably going to get more views and right. get more clicks and sell more product than like everything we're doing with these big cameras. You know, it's
0: it's an, it's a crazy switch. Oh gosh, you, I, I just had like this crazy, terrible nightmare. Suddenly, a daymare. I'll call it a daymare because I'm a <laughs> But um, <laughs> but so the pandemic pandemic is changing our behaviors, right? Like people are we're used to to um. We we're creatures of habit, so yeah. whatever we're we're exposed to, whatever we do on a daily basis, that changes our behaviors, right? So that that includes washing your hands and all that stuff, and you know, being mindful and just a bunch of other things. So it's curious to under, to see how the people in the future, especially the younger generation, right? They grew up in this, how they're going to act. Because when I was a kid earlier, I mean, last night I was talking to my 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 daughter, and she, <laughs> I was telling her that um, uh, I used to play in the dirt. You know, I come home really dirty, grimy and just like, you know, pick up all these sticks and just dig up dirt in the ground for no reason at all. And we would grab like these berries from the tree and I would eat it. And she goes, Daddy, didn't you wash it first? I'm like, yes, I should have washed it. But, you know, what I mean, because that th- th- these are the things that I'm teaching her, right? Like you wash it right. first, wash your hands, whatever. So it's interesting to see how she grows up, like being in this environment. What I'm trying to get into is you mentioned that more and more people are requesting uh, things to be filmed vertically because of the phone. So I had a really bad – my imagination just, like, jumped to this terrible future in which we are so used to – because since we have – we've been introduced to the phone, we've been viewing media like this. Like, it's not really anyone's fault but just our habits, our behaviors. We view media vertically. Can you imagine a (laughs) future? Can you imagine a future – where someone actually films an entire movie vertically and they show it (laughs) a vertical screen go into it like the huge imax
1: theater and there's just like 30 feet on each side of black bar and then just a little strip and all the like gen z like the tiktok kids are gonna be like this is awesome and i'm gonna be just like that old man in the back like Back in I, my day we used to have real cinematography. Re- real movies, exactly. Yeah.
0: No, this is oh man, this is going to be even worse cuz I saw it CES. It was Samsung who is actually I forgot what the name of the the, the screen is. Oh, the one that like rotates. The one vertically? that rotates, yeah, but yeah. the the idea was to have this it's it's for viewing content that's vertical. I'm yeah. Like, oh god. <laughs> it's too much. And we we
1: we say it's crazy now and I guarantee like in 10 years we're gonna be like we used to think this was crazy yeah exactly now it's normal. <laughs> with everything it's like yeah. like i used to hate on tiktok because i thought it was so dumb and now i find myself like watching tiktoks and realizing Always. like how TikTok. how important it is and all these brands are like going to it so yeah it's yeah it's gonna take a while for that to become like the new normal but there's gonna be a time where we're like we used to think this was crazy
0: yeah so on this topic then how do you um I guess. How do you prepare yourself for changes in the industry? Like, have you witnessed enough, um, or do you, do you have you witnessed enough for you to say, okay, maybe I should kind of keep my eyes and ears open for any changes, like whether it's with the skills that you learn, or or or, or the or, or anything the, the things that you do, or is it pretty much for the most part consistent? Do you think? Um, do you think it's going to yeah, change? Yeah. So I think.
1: I'm still young enough. I kind of hit this cutoff, like, where I was brought into the digital age to a point where I'm able to adapt a little easier than some others. Um, So I knew, like, always from the start, like, things are going to be changing. I just need to be ready for it. And it's just, you just have to be okay with it. Like, a lot of the issues I've found with, like, people in the film industry who hate on even YouTube content. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll say, oh, he's not a real cinematographer. He's just a content creator. Like there's people are just like so prideful about their craft and certain things. And you just have to be okay with like things change. Things are always evolving. And if you're not a part of that change and you're not like adapting with it, then you're going to get left behind and there goes your career. Mm-hmm. So that's one way I've always looked at it is like, this doesn't mean that I don't get to do the stuff that I love and how it used to be. I just need to be okay with doing both and adapting it into like my daily workload because it's what's happening. That's, that's real life. This is happening. It's here to stay. There's nothing I can do about it. And if I want to continue in my career and I want to keep growing and like engaging people, I need to keep doing what is like normal at that time. You know, Like I can't just stick with my old ways because I think that it's better.
0: You know, that's a, that's a very good point. It kind of reminds me of when, uh, digital cameras became popular and we we heard all the photographers complain that it's not a real camera you're not a real photographer if it's if it's not film yeah, if you it's don't doing shoot, all the work for you yeah so it's like um i get it i get it it's the love of the art mm-hmm. i think that's what uh that's the difference right the love of the art of doing it versus being just efficient and getting the results so i think when you when you mentioned that, it just made me realize that you know what that is true. It's not necessarily you're abandoning the uh, like the I guess the right way of doing things. It's not even the right way of doing things. It's just there's a new way of doing things and it kind of sucks that it's it's different. But it doesn't mean that you have to abandon it completely. It's helpful if you adapt to it because it's the way things are. It's the way yeah. the, where the river flows. so you can't fight that, right? but I think it's also okay to kind of hold on to what makes you happy, right? What your own process. Yeah. So uh, you also mentioned that, you know, being a content creator, some people, you know, the reactions we get when we tell people that are mixed, it's a mixed bag. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, I've had some people say, well, that's, that's cool. That's that, that sounds hard. Or I've also heard someone say, you're so lucky. And I'm like, I don't know why, but sure, (laughs) I guess I am. I I am lucky in a lot of ways, right? Like you get to work from home, but I'm not lucky in a sense that I don't have a support system. Like I had a boss, for example, or I had people who I work with who I can just delegate the work or have my boss ask someone else to do something. You know what I mean? It's all, it's you, right? You're all by yourself. And you're on your own and no one tells you when to stop, what to do next. So you're, constantly chasing after that so anyway that's a completely different topic but i guess what i guess what i wanted to ask is um have you encountered anyone and they they asked you so what did you do while you were waiting or what do you what do you do now and you've mentioned um being a content creator and people kind of i don't know raise their eyebrows or something do you have any experiences all, yeah
1: yeah all the time and still like every time i post like i still feel like almost that sense of imposter syndrome because like you know, my channels are still small, but I still take it seriously. And so like, I'll put a ton of work into a video and like post that. And I think, I'm sure there's people who like follow my Instagram because they worked with me on set or something. And they're like, like, this is not like, he doesn't really post his commercial work on here. Like he's posting desk setups and like he's doing YouTube content. Like that's weird. So I'm sure there's definitely those people. And I've gotten like You know, I've got like friends who will mess with me a little bit who are just kind of like, because they know me, so they're like, okay, another YouTube video, huh? Uh, It's just one of those things that you just have to like. I was thinking about this last night, actually. I was thinking about how um, the last video I posted, I shot in like 20 minutes. I just did like the setup, talking bit, talked about it, cut it together, watched it back like once just to make sure all the cuts were good, and then Mm -hmm. I just posted it online. And it was like the first video I had really posted where I didn't care about how I looked or sounded. Yeah. And I realized like that's the key to like posting stuff online like that took me so long to get to this point. Like I really don't care how I look or sound online. Like I post a lot of stories on my Instagram sometimes that I just sound like so dumb mm-hmm. because I'm like I'm just being myself. I'm saying like stupid stuff and like I have this really really dry sense the gardeners are here so it's probably going to sound really <laughs> bad for a little bit but I uh, have this really dry sense of humor that i think goes past most people's heads mm-hmm. to where i'm just like incredibly blunt and like facetious about something yeah and so but i don't care like i'm just going to post it and then whoever like they see it and they laugh at it they think it's funny then that's all that matters but i think it's super important with like posting content online posting youtube videos like you really have to take that step out of yourself of like, Oh my gosh, I made a weird face here. Um, I, I sound weird here. I didn't enunciate here and you just got to post it and not care. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. more about the content. It's like, what's the message you're getting across. It doesn't matter if you're getting it across and you're like stumbling over your words, people don't care about that.
0: Right? Yeah. Actually, that's a very good point because I'm, I'm, I struggle with that too. Like I've. I've tried to record like this one introduction in one video. I think I recorded like eight times and I'm like, this is so dumb because <laughs> I'm saying the same thing. It's just the little things I'm nitpicking. Right. Like, yeah. I And it gets worse word, every time. It you gets do worse it. every time. Yeah. Yeah, Cause the pressure's building up and you're like, right. I need to get this done. And then like an entire day passes and you're like, well, shit, that was just a, that was a waste of time. But yeah, I, I get that. I completely understand it, Cause I think that's also one of the secrets, um, Personally, I think on TikTok, like people just don't care. They post whatever, what's around them, who they are as they are. And we relate to that. It's approachable because now we don't, we don't even, I don't even look at the deep, you know, some, maybe the creators would feel like, oh, these are defects, right? Like these are the, the, the wrong things in this video. But for people like me who's viewing it, I don't see it as a wrong thing. I see it as like a human trait. That I can relate to, right? Oh, she stumbles on her words too. Oh, he he struggles with this. Oh, he's also five five. You know what I mean? He's like he's a short guy like me. You know what I mean? It's just, these things make them so relatable to me that I like them instantly. I've had I followed people just for the the tiny fact that they did something um, that was not perfect, but made me relate to them so much, and I click that follow button right away. So I think I think that honestly. I feel like that's a trend, not really a trend, but that's a behavior that people are going to slowly adapt into coming into like this, this new age of social media. I feel like, especially on YouTube, because YouTube tends to be very, very polished and there's nothing wrong with that. I think, I think, um, me personally, I still like my stuff to be as polished as possible because I had like a dream of when I was a kid, I've always wanted to have my own, like, um, movie or have my own show or whatever and you know growing up i'm like oh, that's never gonna happen but then youtube came along and i'm like well maybe it can happen in some way if i make it right yeah. so in we my head, our own tv shows now. exactly yeah so in my head like i wanted to i still want to make it into this very nice polished tv show but speaking of just like human behavior and trying to be so over prepared over everything i think that's going to change in the future yeah there really, was really um,
1: i don't know if you're familiar with i think ys yci imaging he does like a lot of filmmaking and like music video content on youtube um and he started doing this thing where he would post videos without cutting and it didn't matter if he messed up or anything really? he he just like made these videos it was kind of like a challenge that he did he didn't he did like a couple of them i remember but he would just talk it'd be like a talking head video and he'd be like, he would mess up and be like, oh, well, I'm not cutting. And he would just like keep going with it. And uh, I thought it was really cool because it was a way for him to just like probably get better at talking on camera, but also just like not care as much about being so polished. And I'm sure everyone watching that video, me included, like I I was, I related to that video just the same as like a video that's like super polished and like all the cuts are hidden.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I think I want to try that
1: yeah it it was really cool it was awesome and like the way that he addressed it too he would like address it when he would like mess up and be like oh whatever and he would just keep going with it that is
0: cool i'm gonna have to check him out i I don't think i've ever seen any of his stuff but i'll definitely do that um speaking of youtube do you think you'll you'll be putting any of your work there like your the, the the usual stuff that you do your day job let's just call it that on youtube or are you gonna keep it completely separate
1: it depends so like when i cut a new reel for, like, just you know, like my portfolio piece that I send everybody that usually lives on YouTube. Um, but for the most part, a lot of the work I do can't be shown. Like, I see you yeah. sign like crazy NDAs and then you have to wait until it releases and then you can post it. But uh, today's the one day they're literally trimming the bushes outside. <laughs> they're like right window. next to
0: you. <laughs> That's okay. Uh,
1: but the yeah, a lot of that work. You know, I can't post on my YouTube for a number of factors, but like, you know, the music they use is licensed specifically for their their channel or whatever it's going to be used on. So it's hard for me to post a lot of the stuff I do, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do want to make it a point to to post more behind the scenes of it or like more breakdowns of how I did it, because I do have like a certain number of clients where like I can comfortably shoot a YouTube video while shooting with them. And you know they know that I like to make YouTube videos, so it's not weird. So uh, th- I definitely want to make it a point to like implement it a little more than I-, I do already, because right now it's like I rarely ever post any of my commercial work online, except for when I cut a new reel. And I think it throws a lot of people off because they're like, like I, it- I almost feel like a lot of people see me and they're like, "How does this guy make a living?" Like, just posting a photo of his desk and <laughs> yeah. like he has a small account so <laughs> I, I need to implement more of what i actually do into my
0: socials for sure i would love to see though uh like for example what do you yeah like you said like the behind the scenes for example um you you flew back from, from an event and not necessarily a vlog, but maybe focus on a specific topic. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying that these are the things that I'm curiously, like, I really want to, to, to understand like, yeah. Hey, you know that, that is pretty cool. Like how, so Jordan's out for like two weeks. What did he see? And you know, what happened? So it can be like a breakdown of like, okay, so I just got back, you know, packed up all my, uh, I got all my gear. Uh, if I rented a car or whatever, or, or rented gear, that could be an entire topic in itself, right? Like, where do I rent gear? What do I do? What, where do I bring it back? And what do I do for a living? And, you know, um, signing all these NDAs, why I can't share my stuff. I think that's just really interesting that me personally, I would love to know more about that. So yeah, that's I guess exactly that's what, what I, I, I want to implement more. And yeah. like uh, anytime I do like
1: a vlog style video, I they're the most fun to make. Like the last one would be um, I like I bought the new MacBook Pro like right before I flew uh, for a weekend shoot to Salt Lake. And I'm like, I'm just going to vlog this. And this can kind of serve two purposes. One, like a first, uh, first impressions of this MacBook pro, but also I can like implement more of the personal side to me. Yeah. And I had a blast with it. Like I, I bought the MacBook pro and I was like unboxing it in my car in the parking lot of the airport. (laughs) And it was like not polished whatsoever. And I just like took the camera around and kind of like showed what I was doing on a weekend. And, That stuff is so fun to me. I love just having a camera around. And I've always like, I've always, I guess, vlogged things and like recorded what I'm doing, but never necessarily put it out. Mm -hmm. And so I wanna try to do that more as much as I can on like projects where I know it won't be an issue. And I used to do that way back in the day too, like before I shifted over into more of like the tech space, I used to vlog every music festival that I shot. And so I have all these videos from like 2016, like buried deep in, in my channel where it's literally just a vlog of, like, me shooting these music festivals. And they never performed. They got, like, 200 views. But it was always so fun just to have the camera around and show yeah. what I did. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely, like, I plan on doing a little more of that this year. I just think it's, like, such fun content to shoot aside from, like, the personal or uh, the professional work that that I'm doing.
0: Right, right. Well, that's awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Ho- hopefully, you can get to it at some point this year because I know you're, you're going to be gone again. So, I don't know, maybe a year from now, we'll see you again. <laughs> I'm trying.
1: I'm hoping that th- that's not the case. Like, I've, I feel like I've been really good so far, like in January, really made it a point to to do that. And it's funny, I last year, I had a net gain of zero followers on Instagram because, you know, I had, you, know you gain them and you lose them. Yeah. So I was looking at my analytics. I literally gained zero followers on Instagram <laughs> because I barely posted. So the algorithm was just like, all right, see ya dude. <laughs> and so I like engagement was out the window. And then, so this year I started posting a lot more and, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy, I don't know if you follow Jayhawk or Johnny hotch Um, I'm going to ruin his last name, J- John. I'm sorry. Oh, I think I do. Uh, Johnny Hotchstetler, I think it's his last name. Jayhawk on YouTube. I think I uh, do. Yeah. He's one of my friends who's just like killing it right now. Uh-huh. Um, and he, he started doing this thing like where he like basically figured out, not figured out, but like built this tactic that worked for him on Instagram where he just like consistency is key. And like he he dives into like all these things, he posted a video about it, basically like saying like how he grew his channel. And he grew like 10,000 followers in just a couple months or like a month. It was crazy. He like the algorithm just hit for him. Really? And so he's killing it on Instagram and it just came from like posting all the time. So I, I was like, all right, I need to start posting all the time. That's what it comes down to mm-hmm. care still put out quality stuff, but like just post more. And just in like the month of January, I think I gained like 600 followers on Instagram. So, so far I'm already up like 600 followers versus the entire 2021. Right, zero. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I'm definitely
1: trying to get better at that. Um, But YouTube, YouTube I feel like is a lot more passive. And that Mm -hmm. was one of the things that I realized this past year of like, I need to keep like pushing this because last year I posted four videos i think on youtube maybe like five and my channel still grew it like doubled and i was barely touching it i was never responding to comments and stuff so i feel like youtube is a lot more of like a post it and then let it ride but right instagram yeah. instagram you have to be so intentional about posting so i'm trying to like make it a point to post more on there maybe it means posting more of my personal side like less tech and desk stuff whenever i'm away because like i you know, like I'm gonna be on a bus for two weeks. I can't post like a desk setup, but maybe I can yeah. implement more of like the stuff that I'm working on while I'm on the bus. So, mm-hmm. um, I just need to be more intentional about it because you and I. It's kind of the both. only way that it grows.
0: I, I I I've stayed away from Instagram for a while, for a long time actually, because I don't know. Like it, it's gotten to a point where I'm. It's it's fun to use. It's fun to, to uh interact with people, but I use stories more often now than than, than actual feed like the feed posts or even reels. So the incentive really isn't there for me to be so active on, on Instagram. I mean, on the feed, but the story, yes, I love, I love posting, just sharing stories. Like even, even if it's just like a meme or something, so it's like the reactions that I get from people, the conversations that, that, that start from those are very, very um, fulfilling for me. But I think, I think I might do the same thing. Um, like you said, post a little bit more of the personal stuff because yeah, I'm I'm staying away from I love the desk setup stuff, but I don't want to be known as that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want to be like Michael that's the you know, the desk setup guy or the guy who whatever else it is. I I don't want to be tagged to one thing. I right. want to be known as Michael, right? I can be your friend and, and that's pretty much it. So, you know what Jordan, I think you just inspired me to try that i'm gonna try something different for yeah for instagram so did something good today (laughs) (laughs) Did a lot of good things today and you actually you actually helped me get over my initial anxiety and um, just like really cloudy feelings since this morning so i appreciate you being on the show today jordan really nice to have you back to see a friendly face and i'm so happy to hear that things seem to be moving in the the right direction for you. And it's, I can only uh, imagine, I can only hope. And also expect that things will just keep getting better for you in your career, personal life and everything. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank for being you, man. Here. So yeah. far. So good. Yeah. So hoping that we just keep chugging along for sure. And yes, I will have you back if you, if you don't, uh, if you have some time in the future, I'll have you back hopefully not a year from now. So maybe a yes. few months from now, yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to hear more updates. I want to hear more of the things that, that happen in your industry and, and how you're doing. So yeah, that'd be great.
1: Anytime you want me, man.
0: All love right, well, here. thank you, Jordan. And I hope you have a wonderful flight today. Uh, be safe and bring back more stories. <laughs> I will. Plan <laughs> on
1: it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Take care.